0: Welcome back to this episode of From the Suggestion Box. Navigating feedback, the good, the bad, and the say what? Today, my distinguished guest, I am so happy to have Miss Colina Sadler. You know, I went to a Points of Light conference and somehow it directed me to reach out to you because you manage volunteers in the... Um, in the government sector and it's something that I really wanted to know about and so I ended up reaching out to you and then it just and it just kind of just everything snowballed since then and I admire you dearly so I'm so glad that you are here
1: awesome thank you so much Nicole I'm super excited to be on this great channel yay okay so let me tell you all a little bit about Karina um Miss
0: Karina Sadler CVA thank you very much has been um, a volunteer since the age of 13. And in high school, she began service at a municipal senior recreation center and was mentored by two inspiring women in government. She is currently the volunteer resources supervisor for the city of Plano, Texas. Go, Texas! (laughs) Um, Volunteers in Plano department and has worked in local government for the last 15 years. She and her team, listen to this, she and her team support a staff in engaging 10,000 volunteers a year in city service. In 2019, she received a National Impact Award from the Association of Leaders in Volunteer Engagement, which is ALIVE, um, as as an emerging leader displaying exemplary leadership in the field. She is a committee member of ALIVE CCVA, e-volunteerism, the Texas Volunteer Management Conference, and is co-founder of the North Texas Volunteer Administrators in Government Group and Treasurer. Karina holds numerous certificates in the fields of volunteer and nonprofit management along with a BS in applied gerontology and nonprofit management from University of North Texas and has been a CVA since 2012. I mean, in- improv- Sounds great, I think I'm done here.
1: I, I, th- done? I
0: mean, enough said, drop mic. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So just so much to talk about. All right, 10,000 volunteers,
1: what is that like? So uh, so we have about 3,000 staff um, and, and dozens of departments within the city um, and having volunteers, within each of those departments is really important to engage the community in service. Our volunteers are not only, you know, volunteers that they're residents, they are taxpayers, they are voters, they are our community. So we definitely want more of them to engage with us. Those numbers were pre-COVID, you know, COVID did, (laughs) took its toll, I think on every program in the world. Um, But pre-COVID we were very robust Um, We had volunteers from Cub Scouts to people in their 90s to interns in in corporate social responsibility groups. I mean, we had it all. Um, So being able to leverage support from the community, building trust with our residents, with government, uh, is really important to me. And being able for them to see their tax dollars at work in the real world, behind the scenes, right next to staff, is is really special
0: you said the magic word trust that just crosses so many borders right that's cr- i mean it's it's something that's needed between you and your staff it's something that's needed d- between the staff and the volunteers and stuff that's needed between the community and the government i mean it just man you yes trust for sure um okay So you have, I can't even say it, girl, 10,000 volunteers. Wow. So with that, you know, I was listening to um, Meridian Swift's podcast, um, Volunteer Plane Talk. Go Meridian! And this, I heard you say this line and I was like, I need to get her on here. I need to get her on here. So take a listen. I don't even know if you remember saying this, but it was so phenomenal. So i just going to dive in on the feedback with that, and then we can take it from there. All
1: right. Hold on. Well, we take so much feedback from the community sometimes in our positions. and I feel like people are more apt to tell us honestly how they're feeling about our organizations versus telling our leadership. So we're going to hear sometimes critical feedback. Why aren't you engaging me as a volunteer? Or why am I having such a difficult time being successful in my role? And we take that feedback, and it's up to us to do something with it. And I feel like if we are developed and we have the skill sets to have these conversations and to be able and comfortable to take action on them, it's really going to grow our program. I was nodding to myself. <laughs>
0: Well, not a lot of us get that opportunity, so that, I mean, wow, she's right. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about that. In the positions that we are in as volunteer managers, people who are coordinating volunteers all the time, people are going to be more apt to give us feedback about not only like what we're doing, but about our organization before they say anything to anybody else. So how have you handled that with 10,000 volunteers coming at you?
1: Well, you know, government loves surveys. So we have a survey in every single signature um, at our organization for general feedback, but volunteer managers can't be at every event, at every activity, at every place where a volunteer is serving. It's just not possible. So it is up to us to follow up and make sure that we are asking for feedback, good or bad, we have to find out what happened when we weren't there. And we have to be prepared to, to do something with those results. So if it's if it's a phone call to say, Hey Sally, how did you um, how did you enjoy you know volunteering and then listening? And if Sally says something happened that she doesn't agree with or that made her uncomfortable or, or kudos, maybe great kudos, um, you know, that we're, we're diligent in taking note of that. Or, um, you know, David might've been somewhere and he left early or, you know, different situations where you're thinking this is out of the norm. Do I really want to know? And it's like, yeah, you have to, you have to know, you have to find out what's going on in your programs, because that the trust that you're talking about It will ebb and flow. It can, it can be gone in a minute. So we also, you know, we advocate for our volunteers to have a great experience, but we're also advocating for our paid staff to feel comfortable with our volunteers and that their, their policies are being followed. So we really are riding that fence between taking feedback from both sides and then taking action. Okay. So much good stuff right there. Number one, I love the fact
0: that you had said, you know, trust ebbs and flows. And I'm sure you've heard that phrase where people will say it can take like 10 years to build trust and one minute to lose it, right? And so making sure that we're always acting in a way that is continually building that trust with our volunteers and then making the employees feel comfortable in working with volunteers. Talk about a huge part of the puzzle because a lot of times, like you said, volunteer managers or coordinators cannot be there at all times. And it's a team effort. So if we don't make the employees feel comfortable in either what they can do, what they can't do, what they should say, what they shouldn't say, you know, or how um, how they interact with the volunteers, you and I both know, and just about anybody listening to this, is you could take, you know, go through the orientation and three hours of training and they have one interaction with an employee and the volunteer doesn't come back and they may not say anything. They will vote with their feet and just don't come back. And then now you have a retention issue. So it goes right back to what you were saying about the whole trust factor in building that man. Um, that's good. So anybody who listens to this know that I have a, um, I have a thing about surveys, right? I know they are extremely important and we do them all the time. Um, but they used to, I, when it would come, time to have to read survey results. I would have to, and I still do, I have to make sure I'm in the right mindset because I, you know, the first couple of years, the first three, four years that I did it, I would start reading through the survey answers. And literally I would say 95% of it would be positive. 5% of it would be not so great and my week would be ruined. And I'm like, I am the worst person ever in life. They said I wasn't nice. You know, I mean, just, it was just like this whole like ordeal. And um, so with you doing, and I'm sorry, I know I keep harping on 10,000 because that's just like a lot of people. So if you're doing surveys um, and you're getting that type of that much feedback from people and just probably like most every other organization, probably 95% of it is phenomenal. And you have that 5% that is just nuts. Like, how do you handle that? How
1: do you respond to that? So the 10,000 aren't all the same place at the same time. (laughs) That's an annual total. There's a lot of of (laughs) one-time. We have some big buildings in Plano. Um, So there is a lot of (laughs) one-time volunteers there. (laughs) I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you bigger in Texas? Is that what you said? Yep. We have, you know, we have one-time groups. We count them as individuals. We have community cleanups, So we have capacity outdoors where we have large amounts of people. But then we do have um, special events. We Then we have the long-term, weekly, monthly volunteers. So going through survey results, you, you know, again, yeah, if you're opening it up, you got to be prepared. And they don't always get things right. Sometimes I remember reading stuff and it, they said it was me. And I'm like, I wasn't even there. Like, that wasn't me. Um, but so you have to just kind of figure it out. Because some people have, they know your name, but they didn't know somebody else's name. And they're just going to type that in because they want to get this done. And maybe they, you know, they just want to tell somebody something. things. So um, sometimes I, I send the full list to the staff and I'll just let them weed through it and kind of pull out what they want to talk to me about other times uh, Rebecca my colleague and I will go through and, and separate good from bad and kind of look not a lot of bad happening in Plano I'll say that so we look at what's going on and then we will address some issues if needed um, but it is but you do have to address it and if it's called con- you know if they're talking about a staff member it can be an awkward conversation. At some other organizations I've been in, you know, there have been staff that, you know, have, are having a bad day. We all can't have great days every, you know, 365. So sometimes it was just the wrong day, the wrong event, something went sour Um, and you just have to bring it up. And again, you're advocating for both sides and you're just kind of, you know, mediation training is great for volunteer managers for these situations where you really cannot take a side. Um, And you weren't there. So you have to be so objective, but you've got it. You've got to do something with it, especially if you're going to tell the volunteers, there will be follow up. I will contact you. If you say you're going to do it, you've got to do it.
0: Absolutely. And that, oh, it just that's just another level of building that trust again, because now they know that you're just not talking and giving a lot of lip and like, Oh yeah, we're going to take care of it. But they know that if they took the time to be vulnerable enough to let you know how they felt about something, that it was important enough to you to do something about it or to follow up on it and then get back to them to let them know this is what happened or Whatever the result is, or whatever the solution is, but that they know that it, that you take it seriously. And one of the things that I learned after like the first three or four times of doing that, then it's like they you build that comfort level with them. They start just telling you everything. You're like, okay, well, I didn't need to know that, but you know, I'll be like, but I'll take it because I don't ever want them to be in a position where they don't feel like they can come and talk to us about what may and may not be going on because how can we fix anything that we don't know anything about and we don't want to silence them and so I like that I like that so let me let me ask you this so you've been doing this thing for about 15 years um and I'm sure when you first started you were not in the same place like as a manager as Mm -hmm. you were 15 years ago So, you know, for a lot of those people who are still like me, who are like, uh, you know, five years that, which I, you know, which is nothing, right. You think of it like what's a five year old, they're going into kindergarten. They're still literally learning the basics. That's, that's how I feel.
1: I am. It's not nothing. It is not nothing. (laughs) Um, I don't agree.
0: I don't agree. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'll take it from you because you, you're my, you're my, um, my elder, so I'll, I'll listen to you, and I respectfully accept what you have to say about that. <laughs> um, but like in those first couple of years, right? How did you handle like How did you handle that kind of feedback? Or you know, maybe when you first when it first happened, you were like had a meltdown, and now you're at that point where like the same thing could happen. And she's like, eh. like talk to those people who are just in you know in the beginning of the game and you know, how you yeah. grew from
1: that. So it, it's, it's a challenging uh, position. I mean, volunteer management, people might assume a lot of things about it, that it's super easy. You have fun all day. Um, you could pop in and out of it, um, no problem. But for me, you know, I, again, I got mediation training in college, which was very helpful. But then it was really, yeah, just hands on sitting in the hot seat sometimes. And I I was fortunate to to have mentors, to have strong happen to be female um, leadership that showed me how to professionally handle tense situations, um, how to not uh, belittle the work that I do um, and how to affirm that I know what excellence in volunteer management is. I know why we do these things. We have these policies um, and to be able to express that. So after four years, I took my CVA, which just confirmed that we have best practices. We have ethical standards. We have all these things. I know what I'm talking about, but it was a challenge to get into rooms with people that are very different from me. It could be that they were much older than me, It could be that they were in other leadership positions and to be able to work through issues and not to give up. Um, But it takes practice, everything, the way that I network, the way that I talk about my professional um, kind of brand, my volunteer program, my colleagues, all those things. It takes effort and planning and it's something that is very personal to me. So I care about what I say about it, because it is very deeply personal to me. Um, but it is something that, yeah, that doesn't just come right away. These are skills. These are real world workplace skills that that people don't necessarily associate with volunteer managers, but they should. Right. Well, and that's why
0: I'm doing that whole countdown to November 5th, like 20, what am I doing? Oh, it's my old countdown. Uh, yeah, 30 reasons um, or 30, what does it say? <laughs> I think it's like, oh, like 30 different positions that a volunteer manager is kind of like opening eyes to people like, you, did you know that volunteer managers are this and they're this and they're this and they're this and, and one of the posts that I did was volunteer managers are lawyers. They will defend the honor of their volunteer and the work that they do and the services that they provide to the T. So don't get us riled up. No, I'm just kidding, but- but I did say that we are like, like lawyers as well.
1: It's confidence. I mean, yeah, it's a confidence building in yourself. And Rebecca and I like to train on that about how to become the highly valued volunteer engagement professional, um, because it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, and we meet, we meet many new volunteer managers for the first year and they are, they are up to their, you know, heads in the nitty gritty of it especially if they're starting programs and when i started yeah i was creating you know i was filling our database i was refining job descriptions i was doing a lot of things behind my computer that it was a stark like oh no and now i have to be the people person and the database manager and and be able to write job descriptions for volunteers that my staff is going to look at and say what is, you know, what do you mean? Or like, or give me feedback on my job descriptions that I'm, I'm thinking are sounding so great. Then I put those on the internet and then people are reading them and, and getting a sense about my organization. I mean, holy cow, there's a lot happening there. And that's just like you mentioned, just one of the, one of the 30 things. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to add this to my countdown. Um, <laughs> do you
0: have a specific, example that you might remember that it was like kind of like a turning point where you just realized man this is a growth moment (laughs) maybe it's an interaction with a volunteer that just made you go oh my gosh and you just realized I can't keep going on this way because this is not healthy I have to figure out a way to figure this out
1: I think in, in the early times when you fail to react to a situation and the volunteer leaves mm. and it's really no fault of the staff, there was a miscommunication, but, but it would have been up to you to resolve it, but you just, you just didn't. It, it just didn't work out. Those moments in the very beginning where I realized these are people. These are not just robots that you apply to a job. These are these are real people. They are we see them at the grocery store. They are our aunts and our uncles. They are just regular folks. So you know, would I want someone to do that to my mom or my brother to not follow up to not not make it better for them? And maybe they weren't a good match. Okay, maybe something did happen and just didn't work out. But to to not have closure for them with my organization, I. Those were points in the beginning where I'm like, I have to handle this. And maybe I don't have a supervisor title at that time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what my title was. I am in charge of these wonderful people and my relationships with staff. So it was it was difficult to go through those feelings of, I hurt, we hurt someone maybe, um, but maybe they got over it. Maybe they, they could care less, which sometimes you run into volunteers that are like, I know what's going on. You guys are busy. I'm just going to go. But other times it could really affect someone. So that is where I'm like, I need training. I need to listen to my mentor. I, and I need to be confident to get in there. And if I don't like what I hear, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to practice how I'm going to handle it. And then I'm going to leave it at the office and I'm not going to take it home and I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm just going to handle it to very best of my ability so that the next time everyone has closure, we've, everyone feels heard. And then, and then we'll eventually we'll we'll move on because these are just periods of time for people who want to give, donate their time. And it's just that, you know, again, it ebbs and flows. People's interests will ebb and flow in your organization. They may come back in five years. They may come back next weekend and give you a hug at the picnic and it could be like nothing happened. So you just don't know. Um, but you can go to sleep at night. Clear mind. I handled it. I did the, my very best. And I feel good.
0: So well said. Yeah, that's 15 years, right? There. 15. Yes. Man, that, there's just, there's so much that you said that was just so powerful. Um, and especially the, you know, if it was, um, like you said, if, like, if it was my mom or my aunt or they were going out to volunteer, how would I want somebody to treat them? For goodness sakes, how would I want somebody to treat me if I was mm-hmm. in that position and something happened, maybe the the ball was dropped, whatever, how would I want somebody to treat me? How would that make me feel if I had just done to somebody else what I, you know, if I, wait, how would it make me feel if I had would have just done to me what I did to somebody else? Would that make me feel left out? Would it make me feel overlooked? Would it make me feel welcomed? Would it make it me feel like I cared? Like that's powerful. And I just I feel like for volunteer managers who are still just getting in the hang of it, maybe it's like your first year, your third year, your fifth year, your eighth year. Because we're all going to make mistakes. We're not going to get it all right 100% of the time because we're, we're human. And that's just how it is. But I feel like if you just approach every situation, like, how would I want somebody to treat me in that situation? Or how would I want somebody to treat my mother? And we're not talking about personality types, because that's a whole other thing, right? I'm just talking about, yeah. like, just general, general courtesy. Yeah, just general courtesy. Yeah. Um,
1: and I go through that with, when we're setting up things for volunteers, I try to go through, okay, I'm going to... Sh- I'm going to get what email. Okay. And then I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to drive. Okay. What is that going to be like? Where am I going to find parking? Do I need a sign? What if I have to go to the bathroom? What if I don't feel well, what if I forgot my bottle of water, you know, and I go through to figure out if that was me in these situations, do we have a plan? Can we respond to that? Are we thinking of everything because the volunteer manager thinks of everything. Um, and you know, when we show up on site with our clipboard, all of a sudden people start coming. Asking you questions and you're like, oh, that's not really my job, but I'm going to help because that's what we do. We, we solve problems. Um, and that's at my organization. We say that a lot. We don't just answer questions. We solve problems, Ooh, I like but my volunteer engagement motto. I feel the same way together uh, with volunteers. We can solve problems. So naturally I feel like people gravitate to whoever has the clipboard, maybe a whistle and they're like, oh, she can help. And then you end up doing so many other things and just getting, getting people where they need to go or people movers. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very fun. I don't want to, you know, I don't want it to make it sound like it's not fun. It is very fun. It is a fun job. I love what I do, but you have to think of, of the feedback of the human side of how to protect yourself, your staff and your organization. If things don't go well, how to protect your rep- reputation in the community, people, people talk, you know, and that's another reason that you handle stuff and you get in front of it is people talk. Boy, do they, boy, do yeah. they. Uh, <laughs> so that's the other thing about feedback is with staff, uh, we try to constantly say, I'm available. I'm a resource to you. Staff for, for my organization is my number one customer. I cannot, op- we cannot operate 10,000 uh, volunteer opportunities or volunteers without this staff. I mean, that's just it. But I need them to know that I'm a resource and in good times, wonderful, invite me for donuts and pizza anytime. Um, but also in the bad, when there is an issue with a volunteer or you, you get a gut feeling, I want them to be comfortable picking up the phone, sending an email and saying, hey, I'm getting this, this issue. Um, that way we can come in and address it before it gets to another stage. So if staff understand, you will take their feedback about what's going on and you're not going to judge them. You're not going to assume who was right. It's going to feed a lot of information your way, and volunteer managers need information all the time. We get it from everywhere, um, but so that we can we can get ahead of it and hopefully stop stop the next level. Yes, um, I whew, I
0: have to say, if there's nothing you get from this, address the issue. Address it. Why? There is a particular time when I did it. And woo, it ended up being like a mountain of an issue when it really could have been a molehill, but I was just like, ah, it'll go away. It didn't go away. It grew and showed up big time. And it was just like, I'll never not address something as, because, and I'm not a very confrontational person. Like I, I. I'm okay with like, if there, for for the most part, like if there, if there's an issue and especially if I know that you're a pretty like, um, reasonable person and like, we could have a conversation. Cool. Um, but, and I think I might be like a lot of, um, people who manage volunteers, I don't like to hurt people's feelings. And so in this particular instance, I was just like, this is going to be so hard. So, you know what? I'm just not even going to say anything about it. She'll be fine. She'll, it, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It wasn't fun. So, did you do you have any of the any like example of anything that maybe you should that helped you to learn that lesson that you should always address it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, when the first you know when people start giving you feedback, good or bad, about someone, you need to track it. You need to be aware of it um, because if it if it keeps happening, that's a trend. Now, I talked about some people having a bad day. Which you okay? She had a bad day. He had a bad day. Um, I'm sure next time will be fine. I don't need to go in. I don't need to be there. It's gonna be fine. And then three, three emails from people, and same thing. Yeah, you're like, oh no, <laughs> it wasn't fine. I should have went. Sometimes you have to go with your gut, and that's another thing about you know volunteer managers. Over time, you get your gut feeling. And you might want sec- to second guess yourself, but really, it's, it's relationships. It is your training. It is your experience that you're, that's part of your gut feeling. And sometimes you need to just go with it. If you felt like you needed to be there, go be there. Uh, if you feel like you need to follow up because you're not sure, follow up. Uh, trust yourself because no one has your unique connection to your program than you. So no one else is going to raise the flag and say. Hey, you know, you need to address this until it's too late. Oh, I like that tracking,
0: having that tracking system. And like you said, trusting your gut and, and just going with that and, and, and developing that and knowing that it's okay. And yes, trust your gut for real. Okay. So I'm going to transition a little bit because this is also something Karina, I'm telling you, like, you are like, you're my hero. Um, I was also listening to that same interview with, um, meridian swift and she gave you a compliment and i have never heard anybody respond so gracefully um, and so like without hesitation to a comment before so much so that i i went down and i wrote it down and i went back and i listened to it like three or four different times Meridian gave you an amazing compliment because you're a phenomenal human being and you were and you just were so like nonchalant about it like not that you were smug like not like that but you were just like thank you for that feedback Meridian It's really kind of you to say and I was just like I would have never responded like that right and I know like a lot of other managers volunteers were always so quick to deflect no. Oh, well, you know, it's my team. And, and uh, like, because it's hard for us to take that, but you took it like a boss. You were like, thank you very much. It was very kind of you to point that out. I mean, you didn't say it like that, but it just came off like, thank you for recognizing that I'm doing the work that I'm doing. And I really appreciate that. And thank you for pointing it out. And yes, thank you. And you weren't smug, but you weren't like deflect. I was just like, I wanted us to do it like here. Like I wanted to like give you such then, magic. But. <laughs> it was just like but uh, talk to me a little bit about that, right? Because I have noticed that a lot of people who are in what in in our profession deflect and they and they, they don't want to take the credit and they don't and they and they and they might feel like weird about it like almost like it's a bad thing but you nailed it talk to us about that because i've never seen anybody do it so graciously please
1: wow okay so it does take practice to to accept compliments which you would think is like why would we need to practice that but like you said sometimes when someone is giving us a compliment our first reaction might be, oh, you know, to downplay it. But for me, whenever I'm training, whenever I'm talking about myself, I'm always trying to to bring home that I'm talking in a professional sense about me, my team, my volunteers, my program, my organization. So when, when I lift up any of those things, I'm lifting it all up together. That is my view. So I am not You know, I'm not uh, thanking her because of my LinkedIn presence and that she follows me on LinkedIn. I'm thanking her that she took the time to read my post about my organization, that I took a lot of time to create, that I I care about the content that I put out there. So knowing, knowing the background like I do, we know our own stories, we know the effort that we put into things. We should accept compliments because it it speaks for our passion and it speaks for what we're doing. And Rebecca and I train a lot about verbiage and that it does matter how you speak about yourself, your volunteers, your program, your organization, because people will mirror and repeat what they hear or what they don't hear. And if, and if you don't accept compliments and you're like, Oh gosh, you know, you just play it off. That, that, that's the connection that is lost in that moment. But if you appreciate the comment and you accept it, that is another connection that's happening between you and someone else. For me, it's professionally. If you look at my content that I put out about what I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm out there. I don't put a lot of pictures of my volunteers for privacy so it ends up being me or me and Rebecca or, or just lots of different images, but it's because I want to connect with people. So why would I put it out there if I didn't want people to react positively to it? And why wouldn't I react positively to their feedback and their their nice compliment? Man, I never thought of it that way. Like
0: a building, building a bridge to connection and it's true because you know how sometimes <laughs> like you'll, you'll, and this is not not necessarily like in the volunteer world or whatever, but <laughs> you'll give somebody just a compliment and they're like, no, really? And you're just like, "Yeah." are they fishing for more? Like I'm not, I'm just trying to really tell you that you're doing a great job, But but it almost can be like, that, like, the person is almost fishing, that I need to tell them more. Like, that and I'm like, I ain't got time for that. I was just trying to tell you, you know, I liked your heel. Like, just be done with it, you know? But it's true, though, because, like you said, it gets mirrored. It gets mirrored. And what another way to build it up. And I love, like, what you said. So, not even so much looking at it personally, but like what you were doing, but like overall as the program. And that's an opportunity to lift. Everything up simply by just taking the compliment and saying thank you. Like that's it that is huge. That's fire.
1: That's good stuff. It takes, oh it takes practice. It takes practice because I talk a lot, right? So I talk all the time. So it took practice to just say thank you <laughs> and not keep talking. Oh, just to take okay. it. Okay, we're gonna practice. Right now. We're gonna practice we're going to practice. Okay.
0: Um, here we go. Karina, I absolutely love your social media posts. They are really
1: very uplifting. And it's really great to see everything that you're doing with your program. I'm so glad you're out there, Nicole. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. I love it. I, mean, I want to do I'm another to, one. Hold on. I'm not going to so say, my algorithm is really tanking on linkedin or or oh my last post only got two clicks but okay no no just thank you appreciate you i want i love that you're there i love that you love me and then like what's up with you
0: that is so awesome okay you know what i want you to do i want you to lead us in a thank you exercise so everybody Karina is going to give us a sample phrase that could just work generally. I'm totally putting her on the spot, but I know she can do it. Just a general thank you response, and we are going to repeat after her. Okay, so if somebody has just given us a compliment, how do you respond? Karina goes, and then we're going to repeat it.
1: Go. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. Okay, we got this. Here we go. I
0: appreciate that. Thank you so much.
1: Okay. That's awesome. And we're not I, I, being, go ahead. We're, we're not, we're not fake appreciating. That's not what I'm saying. Right. When you truly value and appreciate someone, but you don't need to add a million words and devalue yourself. So it, it is it, honest. You're being honest. Yes, you, love you, you love it. Who doesn't love it? when someone gives you a compliment, come on. So it's really about just taking it and and moving on with your awesome self. But but yeah, I'm not trying to be um, fake here. So it's honestly, I do appreciate Nicole and her compliments to me. I value them. Uh, When someone sends me a compliment on, on social, I screenshot it and I have an album on my phone of nice things people have said about me so that if I'm having a tough day, or I have imposter syndrome on a project, I'm going to start swiping and you know what? And they're hearted too. And I don't care because these people took time to appreciate me. And so that's going to live on for me forever.
0: Oh my gosh. This is so like amazing two things. Number one, what you said, do not devalue yourself in order to take that compliment. That is huge huge and number two I know we were doing it like as an exercise to practice but I have to tell you it felt so weird to just say it and not feel bad about just and we were just practicing we weren't even like it was just a practice phrase but something on the inside was like
1: and I love it I love it when I give someone a compliment and they take it that's the best and you say, yeah. oh my gosh, Heather, you, that was amazing. You did such a great job at this meeting. Um, you really stood up. You really, you really told it like it was. I think you're going to get results. And if that, if Heather just says, thanks, Karina, that's it. Like, it's so easy. I didn't need to hear that. She, you know, got sick that morning over. It was so worried and, and is nervous. Like if I don't need to know that stuff, just take it and let's, you know, let's go on. Oh, oh, my gosh. I almost equi- I,
0: like I I see in my head, um, like if somebody <laughs> like if you walk up to somebody and just ha- try to hand them five dollars and they just slap your hand out of the way. It's like when you do that whole deflect, it's almost kind of like the same thing. Look, just take the five dollars and be OK with it. Like <laughs> so the next yeah. time somebody work- gives you a
1: compliment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we work hard at this stuff. It's not easy. Uh, managing volunteers creating programs, going through COVID, this is, this is not easy. So, so that's what deflecting to me says is that I'm not, I'm not agreeing with your compliment. I don't think that it's true. And that's not, that should not be true. If someone's taking the time to give you a compliment, you own it and you keep, and you do it again and you do it better and you, whatever it has, you know, whatever it is. But I think for volunteer managers, that confidence takes time. It takes practice. You have to change some of your beings. Some of the things that you do, like I said, I talk a lot. So to, to not talk is, that's practice. That's funny.
0: (laughs) So with, um, international volunteer manager day coming up on November 5th, if somebody does something for you, And and hopefully they do, because I'm posting just about like every day, like do something for your volunteer manager, please. So if they're like, hey, I saw this post and I wanted to come up and say, great job. Thank
1: you. I really appreciate that. I'm so glad that you that what I said resonated with you. Yes, thanks. Tell them, you know, just like, yeah, of course you are. Tell them the truth. Like, I am so glad you hit share on my post. It, it made my week. And I tell people that all the time, if it really did, it made my week that you told me, uh, that my email helped you. And now you passed your CVA today that you took a minute to tell me the results that made my week that you enjoyed. Yeah. Enjoyed a comment that I made and I put a link to a resource and that that helped you. I would love to hear that. I think giving feedback to each other is so important. We um, I love your podcast. I love that article you shared. You know, we can, if we're busy, you can hit like, you can hit share real quick on the go. But if it's something really that did help you tell that person, tell somebody, because we all need that sometimes to say what I'm doing now, we're in a virtual world for most of us still, what I'm doing out there is helping someone. And maybe we can't help our volunteers right now. We're, we're separated from them but we can help other people. We're volunteering professionally to support our sector. And so tell somebody that article helped me. Your post inspired me. It made me laugh. Um, do more, you know, keep going. Oh, this
0: is so good, man, man. And what I really love about what you said too is be genuine about it, right? Because people people are going to know.
1: Yeah. Don't be yeah, this. Just- then you're, they're going get- to of it and if you don't like it to begin with you know that's that's a disservice but if you really like it and you want them to do more you should tell them if you have pointers going to the the tough feedback if you're like hey i really couldn't hear the audio i think your camera was flipped the wrong way um having um having a link in the comments would be helpful I don't know if you're comfortable doing that feedback and giving a little bit of critique or some support to get them to that next level. um, Then I think that's okay. People can tell me that all the time and I'm probably not going to screenshot that and save it in my phone, but I'm going to understand like, oh, they're right. You can't put links on Instagram in the same way that you can on Facebook. Duh. Like, Oh, I'm so glad they told me so that I don't look crazy and that I'll do better the next time. Love it. Love it. So,
0: I've heard you mention this a couple of times throughout the entire interview. And how has having a mentor affected um, your professional growth?
1: So, as a as a teen, I did a ton of volunteering, as you mentioned in my, my intro. In high school, I did not think I was going to go to college at all. It was just not, not on my radar. I'm a first generation um, high school graduate. So neither of my parents graduated from high school. We were a working class uh, Mexican household in North Texas, a lot of opportunities, um, but my parents had their own dreams and their own accomplishments that they wanted to, to take on by the time I got into high school. So I was really fending for myself as far as understanding what college is, how to apply for financial aid, what kind of degree would I be good at. So when I started volunteering at that recreation center, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to college. So having those women allow me to volunteer as a teen was big they removed barriers that would have kept me from volunteering. Now, I've been volunteering since 13 at museums, at libraries, at uh, nonprofits and things, but that that last one was it. They they really took time as a mentor without even knowing it to talk with me, to inspire me, to tell me I can go to college, to they took one of them took me on a campus tour. They prepared me for applications. They explained financial aid. It was life changing for me. So without that intervention, without having these women take it upon themselves to work with me, I would not have gone to college at all. There's no, there's no way. So that's why I'm so appreciative of people that mentor, that give. That give feedback to people, that answer those emails from college students with questions, that will meet you for coffee, will have a Zoom that will help you in your time when you need support because it's just it's such an important thing. And, you know, I I talked to them my first couple of weeks on campus in a dorm. I didn't talk to my mom. So having, having those women there got me through through college for sure. And then when I landed and so fortunate to, to work at my organization. Now um, I was offered leadership opportunities. I was told, yes, you can, you're a volunteer coordinator. You can go to the leadership um, program. You can make decisions. You can get training. You can do professional development. So I ended up um, getting hired by someone that had uh, was on the board founding board of alive that started NAVPLUG that was just the perfect person for me. We, we meshed really well. And so she made sure as a professional that I knew what that was. What is being a professional when you come out of college? How do you learn how to be a professional volunteer uh, manager? So her influence as a mentor kept me from getting lost in, in the workplace and kept my eyes focused to that I can do more. I can be a leader. I can help other people. I do know things. And it's it was just amazing. Without those women, I would not have anything that I have. That
0: is phenomenal. And I think if my memory serves me correct, because the last like four or five months have been a whirlwind, but if my memory serves me correct. And even if it doesn't, you're still getting the credit. Um, it was in talking with you that I was like, man, I should really either look into mentoring or getting one myself. And, you know, so soon thereafter talking with you, then I ended up talking with Dana and then I ended up joining alive. And then I ended up joining the membership, um, the membership, um, the mentor program. And, um, they actually had i think they said like for the first time in a long time they had more mentors than they had mentees so i was like and there was like two people who were not matched it was me and one other person and i was like well can i then become a mentee so that i can have a mentor <laughs> and they were like yes absolutely because you know 5 years into this there's still so much to learn and it turned out that the person who I ended up getting matched with, like I already knew who she was and we had no idea. And now it's like, I I'm, I'm thrilled to even be able to have that to continue to learn from her as I continue to move through my journey. So, I mean, I'm sure there's our, there are a lot of other, man, that's almost like a whole nother podcast. Like how do you go about finding a mentor? What do you Hmm. look for in a mentor? Um, but at least for now, if you go to a live, <laughs> that's a good place to start because they literally have a mentorship program. But that might be something that um, we talk about. Two more questions for you. Number one is: so far in life, either professionally or personally, what has been your greatest accomplishment? What is something that you are the most
1: proud of, and why? I, for me, my greatest accomplishment would be would be finishing college for sure. That was a huge thing for me. Uh, Finishing high school as well. I mean, academically, I loved school all throughout. I mean, I loved school, but I was always kind of not sure what I I could do. what, What was I going to do? So landing in college, finding a volunteer management tract. I also majored in gerontology, which is the study of aging and working with seniors. So I thought I I want to help people. And at first I thought it was going to be working with seniors. I have a big passion and heart for seniors. And but I knew that nonprofit volunteer management piece would also give me a different skill set that could get me into a, a career that I loved. I obviously wasn't into making money because I picked gerontology and nonprofit management. Um I, you know, I went with my heart, and I went with a, a a career that I felt could impact people, and and again, when I could go to sleep at night and I could feel good that that my hand had something positive to to do with them in my community, so that's a big deal for me. Receiving my CVA, that's another one that I, I'm very proud of. Uh, we don't have a lot for our sector. There's not. I mean, so I value. I value Alive, I value CVA for being there. I value all of the volunteer people that are behind the scenes at those organizations that are putting in the good work for all of us to take advantage of these resources, to be able to have a credential. Um, because I don't know if I put any other letters behind my name. I mean, this is, you know, I love those letters. Okay, so now we have come to one of my favorite parts
0: of the podcast. I have this book here. It's called 3000 questions about me. And so you get to choose a number between one and 3000. And I will read you the question. And then you and I will both answer it. And if you don't like the question, we could change it. (laughs) You just cannot choose seven or 77 because it's already been chosen like, like 30 times. So outside of that, oh. you have like all the way to three thousand. Choose a number. Okay,
1: twenty-seven. Okay, is that your age? And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, Nicole. Yes, it is. Ah! You see, um, she I- a compliment. <laughs> I, love I love
0: it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Ooh, this is interesting. Okay, which historical character, or no, not character, hold on, let me try it again. Okay, which historical figure do you most identify with? Oh
1: my gosh, wow. Oh no, I'm really like pop culture. I don't, <laughs> and we're
0: changing it. We're changing it, I like it, I like it. So no, yeah, and I've already circled it which means nobody could ever choose that number ever again. Yeah, let's, okay.
1: <laughs> Try that. another one. I don't wanna misquote someone's historical presence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, 327. Okay. Let's try again, doo-doo. Okay,
0: I like this one better. All right, 327, when you were a kid, did you ever want to run away from home? And if so, why?
1: Um, so as a kid, They're actually, this is probably a sad story, but, um, the house behind us caught on fire. And, and so I was asleep in my bed and the neighbor came banging on the back door so loud and violently. And it woke me up as a, a young girl and scared me. And I remember looking through the back window and seeing the house on fire and I had so much trouble sleeping after that experience. And I didn't want to really live there anymore. So I'm pretty sure I was trying to say like, let's go. I don't want to live here anymore. Oh, no. When I would not. Yeah, that what I I would have wanted to leave home would be after that experience. Thankfully, everyone was fine. Nobody was hurt. It was just such a jarring thing. Yeah. To- You know, I mean, the things you remember as a child, but it's like, you know, otherwise I have my, I have my boxcard children and babysitters club books. I was loving life. They let me stay up to watch Jay Leno every night. I was cool. I was, I was loving my childhood. I love it. Jay Leno
0: and babysitter. I had like the whole collection of babysitters club. Thank you very much. Whole collection, read the whole thing. Um, Okay. So, have I ever wanted to run away? So, I didn't necessarily want to run away, but in the summers, my parents would ship me off to my grandmother's house. And, and, you know, now that I'm older, you know, and, you know, God bless both of their souls, both of my grandparents have passed and I miss them dearly to this day. But when I was younger, um, I did not never want to go to their house because... Um, we lived in San Diego and my grandparents lived in LA and there was like no other kids on the block. So whenever we would go like for the entire summer, there was nobody to play with. There was just, you know, like, so I hated it. And I distinctly remember going like my, I was in the car. My grandparents had come to pick me up. And they were driving, we were driving back. And I um, made my, I literally like made myself sick to the point where where I was like throwing up on the side of the road because I did not want to go that bad. Like I literally made myself sick. And now I miss them terribly, sorry. (laughs) But yeah, because there was no other kids to play with. And it's like, you know, 90 days of just, I'm going to play with the tree and the squirrel again. Oh, and no Wi-Fi. Mm. Oh, I mean, oh yeah, because that wasn't even a thing back then. And then my grandmother was um Seventh day Adventist on top of that. So from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, you know, you there was no TV. There was, you know, it, it was and it, but it grew character. It grew character. Yes, it did.
1: Yes. Lots of character.
0: Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, man, Karina. Ah, oh, thank you so much for spending this time with me today. This has been so just phenomenal. And just the amount of knowledge that you dropped today is just like just like golden like bricks, not even nuggets, like just bricks. And I cannot thank you for that. And I mean, your mother, your parents have got to be so proud they have to be so proud. Um, You are, you are representing the family well. And I, I mean, I come from, you know, a Latino uh, family as well. And so, you know, like that, that honor is, is strong in our families. And I, and I just know that you, I mean, you are representing your family so well. Um, And so, but with that being said, uh, how can people connect with you? How can they reach out to you and, you know, find
1: you. Yeah. Yeah, So I support unabashed social media use for volunteer managers. That's one of my platforms. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm also on Instagram at Karina in Plano, P L A N O. Like that's the word that you would have trouble spelling, but um, you can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, And, and I love to see other content. I love Nicole. I love your content. I love that you are on top of it with fresh ideas that you are shining lights on different voices and bringing awareness to our sector and what we do is, you know, in volunteer engagement and and, uh, all about feedback and why it's important. I mean, that's not in volunteer management 101, probably not in 102 either. It should be, but these are skills I think that we need to talk about to get people to that next level. Um, And I just, I love engaging with folks um, on, on social media and hearing stories, your unique perspectives, your unique talents. Uh, I don't do video. I don't do podcasts. So I love just hopping on with you guys that know how to do it really well. And I'll wave (laughs) and I'm just happy to be here. Oh my
0: goodness. I'm going to well, thank you, Karina, I really appreciate that. And I really do honestly appreciate, cause you will like and share and comment. And I have to tell you, It is so rewarding because there's so many times, like you had said before, where it's like you go and and you're like, oh, only three people saw it. But when I know it was Karina, then I'm like, that's okay. That's the only person I needed to see it. So (laughs) I I thank you for your support. um, And thank you for noticing and taking the time and and considering it um, important enough to spend your time on.
1: So I appreciate that as well. Um, We got to work that algorithm. Okay. Volunteer no. managers need our own algorithm to get our content in front of the right people. So we're going to keep liking, sharing, commenting, and work it and, and get these voices out there.
0: To the people who are here watching, listening, thank you so much for tuning back in. I truly, truly appreciate it. Karina, thank you so much for being our amazing guest today. And Please tune in to the next episode. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss anything from the suggestion box. Navigating feedback, the good, the bad, and the say what? Not letting the good stuff go to your head, but learning how to, and learning how to not deflect that thank you and not letting the bad stuff go to your heart. Thank you again for joining us and we'll see you soon. (laughs) Bye-bye.